Hi everyone and welcome back to the Bible Project Daily Podcast and you've joined us in episode 80 of season 2, hopefully what will be a lengthy journey together through the entire Bible, beginning as we did in season 2 in Genesis and we're at part 80 and we've arrived uh, in the middle of Genesis chapter 10. But I'd recommend if this is your first time arriving here that you go back to the very beginning of at least season two where you can pick up the story from Genesis 1 verse 1 or if you'd like an overview of the entire Bible then season 1 is 66 short episodes giving an introduction and overview to each and every single book of the Bible plus a few little extra introduction but other than that welcome here in the journey anyway today we're beginning as I said in chapter 10 of Genesis continuing the story of the table of nations and we've reached uh, verse 6 and if you remember in the last episode we looked at the sons of Japheth well this time we're going to be looking at Ham and I'd like to begin by just reading for you and picking up the text in verse 6 and I'd remind you that you can follow along with both the scripture text and all the information of how to find out and make contact through the various ministries and podcasts I do, through the episode notes section of any one of the audio versions of the podcast, that you, no matter where you're accessing it from. Anyway, Genesis chapter 10, beginning at verse 6, and it tells us this. The Hamites, the sons of Ham, they were Cush, Egypt, Put, and Canaan. The sons of Cush, Seba, Habalah, Sabta, Ramah, and Subteka, the sons of Ramah, Sheba, and Dedan. Cush was the father of Nimrod, who became a mighty warrior on earth. He was a mighty hunter before the Lord, and that is why it is said, like Nimrod, a mighty hunter before the Lord. The first centers of the kingdom were Babylon, Urak, Akkad, and Kelna in Shinar. From that land he went to Assyria, where he built Nineveh, Rehoboth, Ir Kalan and Resen, which is between Nineveh and Kala, which is the great city. So the descendants of Ham are seen to settle in what we today would call modern Ethiopia. Some of his descendants put, they've become the Egyptians and some make their home in West Africa and also in Egypt and in an area we today would call Liberia. Canaan's children, not surprisingly, became the Canaanites. But then you'll notice from verse 7 through to 10, the sons or some of the sons of Canaan are discussed. Noticing the pattern here is what is the important thing. He names the sons of Noah and he lists all the sons of those sons. And then he picks out a particular few important ones to focus on. And this time he's going to talk about one descendant of Ham in particular, namely Nimrod. Take notice of what it tells us about him. Well, it says he was mighty. Now, we've run into this word before in Genesis chapter 6. To be mighty on the earth at the time this was written simply meant to be famous. Being well known for what you do is the way in which it is being used here. In other words, he was well known, and as one commentator says, he was well known for bold and daring deeds. It names him as a mighty hunter. Now, if you hear the word hunter, you're probably thinking of animals, right? But there's some indication in the particular word that is used here is the fact that he was hunting men, not just animals. 
Some highly respected scholars that I've read said this is a very unusual word and it is most likely to have been used in the context of hunting and the gathering up of men. Furthermore, the phrase against the Lord is the idea of being in open sight of the Lord or in revolt against him. So the phrase doesn't mean he was hunting and killing men. It means he was searching out and recruiting those to be against the Lord. He was in the sense an early insurrectionist, but against the Lord. Maybe that's not what you thought when you first read this word hunter. You'll understand this further if you recognize that the name Nimrod translated means let us rebel. Can you imagine naming your child that? You normally don't need to call a boy let us rebel in order to get them to do that, but it seems here that Cush actually named his son let us rebel. And that's apparently exactly what he did because he went out and he recruited other people to help him rebel against the Lord. I find this interesting that in the table of nations, when the author decides to focus on one individual, he picks on the individual who is fighting and rebelling against God. One Bible commentary I have on myself said this. It's a rather old one. Nimrod's name was so famous in the ancient world that it became a proverbial expression that arose concerning him. When people wanted to pay the highest tribute to someone for his prowess in doing someone, they would say he was like Nimrod, a mighty hunter before the Lord. And that phrase is believed to become a buzz phrase that entered the lexicon of everyday usage at that time. A bit like other phrases that we still use today, like as rich as Croesus, or as wise as Solomon, or as old as Methuselah. So as well as being a mighty leader of men, the passage goes on to tell us that he was the founder of several cities. As a matter of fact, in verse 10, it says he was the founder of many cities and even a kingdom. Now, it's interesting to note that this is the first time the word kingdom has appeared in our Bible. And we are told in verse 10 that the kingdom that he founded was called Babel. And the great city of Babylon was founded, which is on the Euphrates River. Babylon, interestingly, has been a symbol of hostility against God for over a thousand years now. Now, let me tell you, this city of Babylon will also show up in the book of Revelation as the ultimate city that stands in opposition against God. So the question this all raises is, what is the table of nations trying to tell us? What's the big picture here? It is that nations are growing, but some are growing in outright opposition to God. And Nimrod is the first one to establish one of those large, modern, rebellious city-states. The passage was also gone to tell us that he would build other, more cities in places like Syria, and he'll even go on to build Nineveh, which will have an important role later in the Old Testament. But we shall pick up the story of the remaining generations of Noah next time.